you think I'd have the intro memorized by now, but I'm going to have to pull it up and read it once again. You don't have it memorized yet? 16 more shows more. Okay. That was early. <laughs> <laughs> Might need to push that back a bit. All right. Welcome to the Financial Independence Garage, where we give you the tools to repair your finances and unfold the roadmap to financial independence. Thanks for making it over here because there's a little bit of snow outside. Ah, kind of snowy. It's, it's a little bit snowy. Well, I mean, we live in a the least snowy part of Canada. We noticed you didn't shovel the road for us. I shoveled sections. But if you own a 4x4, <laughs> you don't need to shovel the path your 4x4 is going to drive down, do you? Apparently not. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. All right, so in, in honor of our uh, two snow days in a row in Victoria, like the city's been shut down, let's be honest. Oh, it's record-breaking. Yeah. I mean, there's people in lawn chairs watching the traffic chaos. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, entertainment. We, we went to work both days. Yeah, some of us have to work for a living. That's why we're on the path to financial independence, right? Yes, that's true. I'd Good. still want to work if it was snowing. <laughs> anyway, else to do. so uh, I did manage to look for some beers that would honor our snowed-in days. And the first one I have here tonight is uh, Fernie Brewing Company, which they're no stranger to snow up in Fernie. Uh, it's Snowblind. It is a Belgian-style IPA. Grab your goggles for this unfiltered Belgian-style IPA loaded with Galaxy and Vic secret hops. Expect passion fruit and citrusy aroma. Now, go ahead. Secret hops. Vic secret hops. Wow, okay. We also managed to get a little bit of beer spray on our mics. So. <laughs> I don't wash the covers. So <laughs> yeah, I've been noticing we do a oh, lot of a lot And of on my computer. On Thank you. That's normal. Thank you, Mr. Economist. Totally normal. Fine. Tasting notes? First impressions? Uh, we're just trying to clean the computer at this point. <laughs> I'm going to get you a tough book. Cheers. That would be good. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I got to talk now, don't I? Because you're both drinking. I almost blew it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're being very meaningful with your talk, too. Yeah, it was really important and impactful. It tastes more like flowers than snow. <laughs> it's not you my favorite. It's not you, my favorite that we've had. You didn't know what to say to that. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's got a lot more bitterness than we usually find in that. Right, we'll see how it goes on once it mellows here in my glass a little bit yeah. and, and on my palate. It's a, it's definitely a drinkable beer. Yeah, it's drinkable. I wouldn't yeah. say it's my favorite we've had so far. Yeah. We're going to have to start ranking these, aren't we? We're going to have to come up with some sort of uh, FI Garage ranking system for the beers. I well, mean, but then do we introduce bias if we ever get a beer sponsor? No, we'd never be biased no, by a beer never, sponsor. No, never, never, ever. Yes, we would. Your, yeah. beer, your beer here? <laughs> Want to be number one? <laughs> well, speaking of news, apart from the blizzard of 2019, we may have a beer sponsor. Now, The Economist and I were talking about this, and he seems to disagree with what beer sponsorship means. I would be thrilled if I got one free can of beer. Right. Yes. He seems to think there needs to be some sort of monetary sponsorship involved. Or not necessarily monetary, <laughs> but uh, long-term commitment. I see. Well, you know, if somebody Short gave me a free commitment. can of beer, I would... I would plug them. I'd yeah, plug them yeah. I'll, I'll still take the free can of beer. Uh, more important things in the news, you guys? Yeah, well, um, IC, well, not ICBC, the NDP government uh, continued to uh, downgrade the value of our in car insurance here in BC. Are we uh, going political on the show? No. Dude. Okay, good, all right. We're just, just talking about value of the car insurance that we can buy. So we're not going to be covered as much for the dollar value it costs us to have the insurance. Correct. We're going to continue paying the same amount of money, but we get, are... Get less. Get less. Right. Absolutely. So it's interesting that we're in British Columbia and we still have 
it, well, it's a monopoly, isn't it? Isn't it? It's a monopoly, government-run Yeah, it's government um, But the other provinces have private insurance. Some do, some don't. Some do, yeah, some I believe don't. some yeah. do, some don't. Yeah. So Saskatchewan, well, they get no value for their insurance, basically. Really? Yeah. I don't so, know enough to speak about this, honestly. Right, yeah. No, I pay a big bill every year for two vehicles. Well, and, and it's, a, it's When I'm five, tax. there's only going to be one vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, <laughs> it's tax. So right. the FI message here is... Don't buy. Don't own insurance. a car. If you if you that's right. If you do your best to not own a car. Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting a whole lot back. It is. We do spend a ridiculous amount of money on cars. Well, and we? they're talking about limiting the use of uh, medical experts in cases because too many people are getting too large settlements. Right. For uh, that is just not viable. Yeah, during, yeah. For injuries and wow. whatnot. So you're not going to be compensated for what you're worth, basically. Yes. Right. And and you work on some of that. In the sense right. of determining future value, value. yeah, yeah. So, that's interesting. You know, settlements are always for, for less than the value of your claim, right? Just by game theory. Game theory, it is game theory. Another good one that was in the news. Uh, did you guys hear about the uh, Calgary or not Calgary? Sorry, the California engineer. No. Who, uh, so he was on his way to move home. Moved back to Canada. Okay. Right, next um, coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had saved a whole ton of money. He had, I think it was $422,000. Yeah. And he didn't want to pay the exchange fees to move all his money back to Canada. From U.S. dollars to From Canadian U.S. dollars to Canadian okay. dollars is yeah, what yeah. I understand. Uh-huh. So he put all his money into Bitcoin. <laughs> the Bitcoin exchange CEO for the exchange that he put it on died, was the only person that knew the password so oh, all of his my. money is gone. Holy wow! So I imagine there's a lot of people whose Bitcoin is gone on this exchange. I believe so. I just read the article, and I don't. I've never gotten into the cryptocurrency thing, so I don't totally understand how it works. But I guess there's like a billion dollars or something worth of Bitcoin Go- that disappeared when yep. this exchange shut down. Do you remember the story of the guy that? lost his laptop or his laptop was stolen or it got thrown out it ended anyway his laptop ended up in a landfill i think his hard drive might have crashed and this was back in the day when bitcoins were worth a couple bucks he didn't really care that he'd lost a thousand bitcoins until they were worth <laughs> seventeen thousand of bitcoin did he go to the landfill <laughs> he's been digging through landfills for quite a while wow. yeah that's the story I heard. we'll have to look that one up for the show notes yeah just the fact that your wealth can be wiped out like that when somebody doesn't have a password anymore is pretty scary yeah yeah. Well, I, I don't really understand how it works, but... Uh, blockchain technology, it's easy. Right, you just say, Super simple. say, say yeah. those two words, right? You're yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, just remember, there's no such thing as investing in blockchain right now, anyway. No, that does not meet the definition of an investment. All right, well, I still think the uh, snowstorm of uh, 2019 in Victoria is bigger news, but... Uh, That's fair. We'll move on. Uh, we're actually going to get into some, well... <laughs> Some may argue these aren't interesting topics, but they're valuable topics. We're going to talk a little bit about getting yourself a online brokerage and getting started making some investments in index funds tonight. Yes. Yay, yeah. rah, rah. Woo-hoo. Right. Party on. I'll start it off. Well, we're going to run through a little bit of, uh, I guess, background on the brokerages first, and then maybe just discuss discuss what we have, what we use to start with, and 
go sure. that way. What do you think? Yeah. Well, that sounds good. I'm interested what background you're going to give us here. Me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you going to give us background on every brokerage out there? I am not going to give you background on every brokerage, but I can good. see, that would, that I'm going to see if my eyes can read this article as fast as my mouth can spit out words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting better at that. Uh, no, I came across an article on moneysense.ca. They always have a lot of good content on there. Some of it, not so great, but you know they are a good resource. And this particular one was Canada's best online brokers. It is dated 2018. I realize we're in 2019, but there have not, there aren't any more current reviews out there yet. Right. I think Rob Rod Carrot of the Globe and Mail does one too. Carrot does one too. Yeah. Yeah. Except you always that always asks you to pay for the Globe and Mail. I know. I know. I'm not going to be doing terrible. that. Refer to last shows money move stupid money move <laughs> services. hey if you enjoy the globe and may i pay for it okay so this article canada's best online brokerages they've got a really great tool here and they basically review the big five banks and some of the independent brokerage um, online brokers as well q trade quest trade uh, virtual brokers i highly recommend that you go and have a look at this if you're not sure what to choose we're going to share some of our stories of what we chose and why we chose them and uh, we're going to use this article for a bit of reference so we can shed some light on we'll throw it on the show notes anyway. oh totally yeah. be in the show notes yeah without going through every single one well um, and I, I think something that is important here is with the online brokerages they are constantly changing on their offers oh totally so yeah. do your own research look at what the current offers are on different brokerages because there's they're, always new they're deals. They're like cell phone plans, right? Yeah. There's a new promo. There's always a new promo. Well, it's interesting that you brought that up because you're the only one in here in the room that has an amazing promotional deal with virtual brokers. Yeah. Now, is this in perpetuity? Yep. What's the deal that you got? I trade for one cent a share with no minimum whatsoever. No minimum? No. So I could buy one share of Bank of Nova Scotia today. It cost me one cent. That's amazing. Yeah, it's great. And do you also get one cent ETF trades or are those free? So that's the downside is my ETF trades are one cent, whereas the new offer is ETFs are free. Well, it's not such a big deal. It's not a big deal, but. Yeah, I mean, if you're paying a hundred cents for a hundred <laughs> shares of VGrow, you're yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's a dollar. Yeah. You're still beating everybody else. Well, so that was a limited time offer. I haven't seen any real great promos like that for a while. I think the best you can get now is Two ninety nine minimums or four ninety nine minimums, and those are are they um, just short term offers or this is that kind of? I like think the four ninety nine is the standard Quest trade, and two ninety nine is what Virtual Brokers offers now. I think it's one ninety nine. Oh, maybe it's one ninety nine. I yeah. got yeah. it. I got in at one ninety nine a month or so ago. Yeah, no, I think you are right. I think it is one ninety nine. Okay, well, and that's one cent a share above one hundred and ninety nine shares too. It's really interesting because once you once you started a registered account with one of these brokerages and started trading, well, it kind of sucks six months later when you go, oh, hey, look, so-and-so's got a deal for one ninety nine a share, but it's going to cost you right. to transfer your registered account across. Absolutely. Now, so. if your registered account is large enough, they'll the, cover they'll waive it for you. The institution where you're going will waive it for you. Yeah, otherwise you're on the hook. Usually it's around, it cost me $45 to transfer mine out of Tangerine. Right. Um, into Quest Trade, Well Simple will do it for me. free. Will they? Yeah. So I've just transferred my Well Simple to a different brokerage. Uh, so you moved to, out of Well Simple. Right. I'm still gonna fund it for ten dollars of a small amount. Okay. Um, and I get fr free free fees up to a thousand dollars. 
so I'm just going to let it grow to $1,000 and then move it. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's gotcha. like an ongoing process. Yeah. It's like a stepping stone type place, and then it I'll move on. it. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I started off with Tangerine. Yeah, just, sorry, yeah, go ahead. just while we're on the topic of fees, uh, I also have a Quest trade, which I believe you do too. Yeah, why don't you just and run through what you're using right now, and then we can each sort of go through it. Like oh, you're yeah. using Wellsimple, well, and then you're stepping stoning that into Quest it, trade? Into, well, here's what's going on. I have Q trade okay. uh, left over f from exactly what you said happened. Yeah. Uh, started a an account with my credit union Q trade works with them so I have that account uh, didn't like it okay found virtual brokers then found quest trade kind of splitting most of my contributions between those two Q trade they have free ETFs but there's ETF trades uh, but there's two catches it has to be one of the hundred ETFs they deem worthy of being free oh yeah and you need a thousand dollar minimum investment so doesn't really. It's not as free as it seems. No. Right, right, okay. Yeah. And they're at eight seventy-five a trade. Right. So, Quest Trade. Do you remember the Quest Trade fees? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I I specifically chose Quest Trade because I wanted to purchase the Vanguard family of ETFs. Right. It is free to buy an ETF. Right. Which for me is critical because I do a monthly contribution. Absolutely. And I only buy a few ETFs a month. Yeah. But they do charge a commission to sell. Right. Yes, and I think that's standard with most of the free ETF trades. They're not actually free. It's free to buy. Yeah. But there's a commission to sell. And I think it's four ninety nine at Quest Trade right now. To sell? I think so. Yeah, it's right around the five dollar mark there. I, I sold some recently and it yeah. came in at like five twenty four because they had a, a little additional right. type charge on there. I, so now go ahead. the good thing about Quest Trade and what I'm gonna do uh, this month is they are offering free transfers in for any amount. So they will pay the fees for you to transfer your registered accounts from any other brokerage from anywhere. Oh wow! Okay. This so is a that's short for term. the month of February. February and March. February and March. Okay. 2019. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, that's a good point. Good to look out for those those promos if you've got other accounts, legacy accounts that are sitting around right. that. So I did the portfolio page on our blog there. I don't know if you guys had a look at it. And <laughs> if nothing else, it just made me go, holy shit, I've got stuff all over the place and it's ridiculous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good thing I'm a money nerd and I like looking through right, all that stuff. Exactly. Way too complicated for most people. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where we're going with this without getting too dry about every brokerage in Canada. Why we picked the ones we did we can't say that they're the best ones no. because it's going to be, you may have a better customer service experience through RBC. You may get uh, maybe a little less fees at, at Scotia iTrade. You may like the information and the resources you get at TD. So it's going to be right. like everything else. It's going to be a personal choice. Be aware of the fees. Be aware of the transfer charges. You know, kind of start there. Yeah, but, and I think that's really the key is they're all... They all get the job done. They do, yeah. But it's really what getting are you going to work with? Down. And yeah, yeah. So for me, I bank with TD, so it was a natural transition to open a TD direct investing account. Right? right. Super simple. The bank already knew me. I didn't have to do a lot of work. I did most of it online, and boom, I can make instant transfers. I I open one online banking portal, and I can manage and manipulate all my funds. Yeah. That's probably where I think a lot of people start. If you're really just starting out, 
you may just start with your your bank branches online trading and all the all the bank branch ones have gotten better over the last few years because i they, think all the discount brokerages have forced them they to become exactly where my point was going to be yeah it's like hey we're giving free etf trades and you know all these uh, introductory bonuses so it's good it's 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 made the whole marketplace more competitive when it comes to those brokerages yeah absolutely so i use td i've been happy with it i do pay 9.99 a trade you did you say you also use quest trade i'll get there okay so i pay 9.99 a trade which i'm okay with because that's pretty average when i purchase a stock right but when it comes to the index funds i've been using the td e-series mutual funds right which right. are free to purchase and free to sell yes and another if you want to take it another step further you also drip fractional there yes yes so you never you have idle cash sitting around Right. And it's important for people to realize that I can set up or I have set up automatic contribution into the account each month. It also automatically buys the set amount that I've chosen each month. No money's left sitting on the table. It's all put to work right away. Right. And when I get a distribution from each of those funds, 100% of that distribution is then reinvested and put back to work. Yeah. If you choose to go the ETF route, regardless of brokerage, you, you can set up an automatic monthly payment but you're going to have to physically go in and purchase whichever e index ETF you want. And it's you're going to leave some money on the table because they trade like an equity where you have to buy 100% of the price. Now, I will cut in here. Some of the online brokerage accounts will allow you to set up automatic drip plans for ETF purchases, but you're going to leave money on the table on whatever wasn't able to buy. Yeah, a not full... fractional. Yeah, right? you not can't fractional. You, you can't get the fractional advantage. No. So yeah, maybe we'll just clarify what fractional means. It just for obvious reasons, if if your ETF is worth $100, and you get paid $149, you're going to get one share and $49 left over. Yeah. Right. So right. any kind of more than I think everybody knows. What I don't think about. you explained it at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys so, are the numbers guys. I don't know why I'm doing the number part if of this. If you have $100 invested in a fund and you get paid a dividend of $1, if you can't buy another whole share, whole share, you, but you get 1% of a share. If or, they were trading at $100 each. Right. The advantage of E-Series mutual funds is you get a fractional drip and... We'll put that in the show notes. You can look it up. <laughs> Thrilling stuff. And the disadvantage is you're being charged something like 0.3 to 0.5. That's about the ballpark for the TDE series, which are it's pretty reasonable, but you're right. It is a little bit more than the... It is the higher than you're going to get from yeah. a Vanguard or something like that. It is. Now, the E-series, um, we will put those in the show notes. Um, they've come up in the, the couch potato investing portfolio before. And... I didn't get rid of them when I, so, okay, to move on to what you asked earlier about Questrade, yes, I did open a Questrade account, and that was specifically so I could buy the lower fee ETFs. Right. Which, ironically, are actually basically holding the exact same things my E-Series funds are holding. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. But because you're with, because TD has a huge customer base, they can charge the higher fee. The higher fee. So yeah. I'm really only, I'm, I'm saving myself a 0.2%. Right. Which... At this point in my net worth isn't a huge deal really so but it all adds up it yeah. does over time absolutely over time yeah and i enjoy doing it myself so that's why i went down that path right so you opened up this uh quest trade account and have you what are, what are you doing with the quest trade account i i'm only trading uh index etfs in there uh, sorry i shouldn't even call it trading i'm investing 
in a select portfolio that you've determined? I or? determined my own portfolio based on models that I found online from, for example, the Canadian Couch Potato. We like to refer to that one. Basically, I knew what kind of allocation that I wanted. I needed some Canadian exposure. I needed some U.S. exposure. I wanted some international emerging markets. I wanted some other international exposure. And I chose not to have any bond exposure in that. I, I've got a bit of bond exposure through the TDE series. So I'm basically just running 100% equities. And the thing I like about doing it myself in Questrade is I can manipulate the percent allocation I have in each of those markets. Yeah, right? it's not like a V-Grow fund where you're locked into what the allocation of that fund is. That's right. I basically hold the exact same ETFs that V-Grow holds. And V-Grow and Aside V-Bow, from the bonds. Aside from the bonds, exactly. We should clarify that that's the Vanguard growth portfolio. You just buy that one equity and it's... 80% equities, 20% bonds, bonds. And it's diversified yeah. globally. Yeah. No, I think we all looked at that at the Vanguard uh, series of, what do they call them? Uh, ooh, put me on the spot there. Uh, all, 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 here, I'll pull it up. Keep, all allocation funds? Keep or? talking. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> um, I think we all looked at the group of funds from Vanguard and um, <laughs> decided that the U.S. allocation, U.S. portion of the allocation wasn't large enough for us. Uh, sorry. Or the Canadian allocation. Was too big. Was too big. Was too uh, large. Okay, yes. are we talking about the brand new all equity ETF portfolio by Vanguard? Sure. Yeah, it's VEQT. Right. Yeah, it's a new one they just released, and they're calling it an all equity. So those those uh, investors that have can can tolerate some more risk and want to remove the bond portion because maybe they have that in their pension or something right. else. When I looked at it, it's a great fund. It's a great way to be exposed to all equities. Yeah. For me, because I hold individual Canadian stocks. I felt like adding that to my portfolio would overexpose me to Canadian stocks. Yeah, and I think we all agreed with that. Yeah, that's because we, I think all of us own individual stocks, so we're already probably overexposed. He's been quiet this episode, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I know. He wants to talk about the individual stocks, but we're talking about ETF. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Jeez. But the, so the... I'll just drink my beer silently over the here. Vanguard well, you have been. It's pretty empty. Yeah. Well... <laughs> The Vanguard Equity Fund charges 0.25, so that's a little less than the E-Series, but a little more than what you could get if you just bought all the Vanguard funds that the VEQT held. True. I think what it's going to boil down to is how long have you been investing, how comfortable are you with doing it yourself, and what are your long-term goals? Right. You know, If you're really new to investing, and, and that we want to keep this as obvious and simple as possible, if you need to open an online brokerage... There's lots of resources so you can learn about which one's going to work best for you. And a lot of them have practice accounts too. Yes, they do. Don't be afraid to go in there and just try out the platform because that's one thing. I love Questrade for its free ETFs and it's doing its job just fine for me. But I'm not a huge fan of the platform. I've been using TD for a long time and I really like their platform. Right. You know, so find the one that's going to work fit I, with where you invest and where you're banking. At well, and stuff. I find some of those rankings too. They'll talk about, oh, well, like the screenshots on this are so much better and the usability of the interface. And at the end of the day, do you own the shares or don't you? It's all about cost, right? Uh, I mean, to a point, it's got to be so that you know how to actually operate and make buys if you need to. But at the end of the day, 
it can be the world's greatest platform, but if you're charging me $70 a trade, I have no interest in ever using it. Oh, if it comes down at cost, absolutely. Yeah. But a lot of people are trading mobile now, right? So you're going to want to find out what, who's got the best mobile app that works for your for you what you're doing. Yes. Right. right. And I think free. another factor to take <laughs> in here, yeah, as long as it's free. <laughs> but another thing to take into account is that you want it to be easy for you. Because yes. you're not, if it's really difficult you, yeah. for you to access your investments and go make those buys and invest, you're not going to do it. It's going to be harder. Right. Right. So whatever makes it easiest for you to get into the market and stockpiling money and investing, do that. Right. And to add to that, which is a re really good point, so much of that comes down to psych investor psychology, right? Like we are, we are our own worst enemies when it comes to that. And I got caught out at the beginning because... I'd been having that money automatically go into TD and straight into those E-Series funds every month. Didn't right. matter what the market was doing. Yeah. I didn't even know. I just knew it came out. I knew when it was coming out. Well, no that's a good thing, though. It is a really good thing. And that's my point is now I've got money going into Quest Trade every month. And I physically have to go in there and hit the button that says buy. Right. Okay. But all of a sudden, the market's up 200 points in the morning. Maybe I'll wait till tomorrow <laughs> to hit that buy. Yeah. So that's where you can really get caught is your own your your own psychology of going, tomorrow's gonna be a better day. Or, you know, some people have some theory of like, well, the best day to buy is Thursday or, or, or whatever. Yeah. But then we go back to that age old quote of the best time to plant a tree was twenty years ago and the second best time is today. I agree, but we're all guilty of it and you can't look me in the eye and I say that some of yeah. our long text discussions we've had about individual equities, we keep going you know, it's going to be better next week or this, the earnings are going to come out or right. You're not wrong. So I'm just saying that we all fall prey to it. Yes. And I think one of the important parts is learning a bit about ourselves as investors yeah. and what's going to work for us. Like I used Tangerine for, for years and right. they, they were over 1%. Yeah. But, but my money easy. went in automatically yeah. and I didn't have to do anything. So it worked. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm an advocate for that to start off. And I think that's where we can tie in robo-advisors here. Right. So, well, simple, TD. TD does take a little while to set up your E-Series funds. It probably takes two months of cycle. Uh, does it? Okay. Yeah, I set them up so long ago, I'm yeah. not sure what it takes it, it's now. It's not easy. They don't make it easy. They're not the easiest ones. Like, Questrade, I think, is if, the easiest to start with just because you, you do an online signature with them. Right. Nothing goes yeah. through the mail. It's yeah. all done. Well, well, simple was very easy as well. If you already have a brokerage account at TD, it's very easy to set up E-Series funds. True. But you also you have to have your brokerage True, account right. set yeah, up I did TD. not when I set mine. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I think you're going to find that with all the brick-and-mortar banks. It's going to be yeah. just a little more challenging to get the initial setup done. Yeah, I tried to set up with CIBC, and I went into the branch to sign something. But that wasn't good enough for them, so the papers went in the recycle when I got to work. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this comes back to the letter from McDonald's you never got replied to. <laughs> well, harsh critic. It's good to be a harsh yeah. critic. Yeah. Okay. We've gone a little off track here, I think. Um, you're using virtual brokers. Yes. The account, the economist, you're using Questrade. And virtual brokers. And virtual brokers. I'm using TD because I bank there and Questrade. I and well simple. I, I also have TD for you're my RRSP. Well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are you with Wellsimple as well? Mm hmm. Okay, so I am. a couple votes for Questrade, a couple votes for uh, Wellsimple. And virtual brokers? Uh, it sounds like, sounds like if you got a great promotion. Yeah, it's hard not to stick with them. 
but they make you want to leave. They do make you want to leave. <laughs> I mean, their customer service is very poor, and it takes uh, a lot wow. of time to but get money in and this out. This is turning into is... a sewer your online brokerage episode. <laughs> Apparently. Well, we are not going to go out and try every online brokerage out there for your information. So, uh, But we will have great resource links in the show notes to go do your research for yourself. Yeah. Decide what will work best for you. No. You know, yeah, sorry. This online brokerage tool where you can mm-hmm. click through and manipulate them. Yeah. Really easy to scroll through. You see a whole bunch of categories here. You're going to get some pretty good answers to start with and then take it a little further and find out what you're doing. Can we all agree that getting started is absolutely the number one thing yeah. right yeah. yeah i just want to add a thought i had if you're getting started in a um, and you're thinking of doing it yourself and buying etfs larry bates books a great place to start well no well it is <laughs> sure as uh, as long as well as the simple path to wealth oh that's that's the, not canadian though and no does but it, it have information about current fee structures it doesn't have information. Okay. I'm not saying I don't also like Do you want to hear what his resource is? What's my resource? I don't know. I was waiting. I thought you had like this. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know where you guys were trying to take this. But all I'm saying is if you're, if you're just. You've killed me. <laughs> just be quiet while we're listening to the economist. Okay. I'm just trying to. <laughs> you you need. I'm Quiet listening. to be able to edit easy, right? I'm listening to what you have to say. <laughs> None of this is easy editing. <laughs> anytime, um, anytime you want to finish yeah. your thought. It's not my fault I started coughing. <laughs> uh, this sorry. wasn't going to be the drinking episode. <laughs> well, it is now. Uh, yeah, while so, the economist... <laughs> I'm just waiting for a quiet so I can start. If you don't finish the thought, we got to talk about how this beer is. So 16 more episodes, eh, boys? Yeah, that's, that's all. All right, finish yeah. the thought. I'm just thinking, if you're getting started and you're looking for the ETF that's right for you, a lot of them are going to have the same MER. Choose the one with the lowest price because that's how you're going to get to dripping quick, quickest. Oh, I don't... Agree with that? Oh, you're talking if, if they're all uh, tracking a Canadian index, if there's three of them that track a Canadian index, right. choose and the th- cheapest one? Well, no, because they're all going to be the same price. Say, for the Canadian indexes, I think they're all 0.06 MER. No, but I meant the cheapest dollar value to purchase. Yeah, exactly. That's an interesting way to start. Yeah. Hmm. Then you get your drip will happen fast. How, how- I would also like to point out, though, right now that as long as you have a low expense ratio and you are investing, you are on the right path. Like we can argue all day about your asset allocation or different little individual details, but if you're just starting out, find a fund, an index fund that tracks some kind of index, maybe not Bitcoin, that's probably (laughs) a bad idea, but a low fee fund and get your money to work. Yeah. Get your money started. Yeah. Get it. Get it doing something. Yeah. Pick your brokerage. Keep it simple. Find one you, that you like. Maybe you don't even have to choose your individual uh, ETFs. I mean, that's yeah. That's you even, could you could go with the Vanguard. You could go with those, or you could go with the Robo, where they're picking them for you. Right. Yeah. Um, whatever the simplest way is that you feel that you're comfortable with. Yes. That fits your profile, your risk profile, and if you're not sure what your risk profile is, 
you can go through the robo advisor questionnaires without any money commitment yes right. you can so that would be a good idea just to get yourself started you know if you're not sure there's lots of information out there to look up or join one of the you know join one of the facebook groups and and say to people hey i'm i'm risk adverse what kind of stuff should i be in right and don't be afraid to ask the questions um we were talking earlier just a little bit about fees and we kind of all discovered that the robo advisors 0.5% is above whatever you're paying on the underlying assets on, you hold right on the ETFs that they the robo advisor holds i would argue that you get value for that oh 0.5. you do you do i'm just trying yeah. to get transparency absolutely like right? if if you buy if you're going to do it yourself yeah. you're going to be looking somewhere around 0.2 let's just ballpark a number here 0.2 yeah. to 0.3 for any of the good ET index ETFs out there, right? Sure. If you want the same similar type funds managed for you and rebalanced for you by a robo-advisor, you're going to be paying an additional 0.5. Right. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. gives you that rebalancing. It gives you automatic monthly buys. Yep. There's lots of good things it does. There's value. Yeah. yeah. There's value well, it's, it, it yeah. can very easily become a set it and forget it strategy. And I think that's really the most important thing. If that's the type of person you are. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't want to worry about it. Yeah, they that's just, right. They just want it to be doing its thing off in the distance. Absolutely. And we advocate paying yourself first. Right. So set that up. We've already talked about that in the earlier episodes when you know getting on the path to FI is setting up these automatic payments to yourself. Maybe they go into your savings account first and make sure your emergency fund's topped up and then that moves on from there into your investing account. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right? That's a, it's a logical way to do it. You know... <laughs> Investing is not complicated. It's really, really simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just like getting to FI. It's really, really easy. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. It's just hard to put everything in place. It's hard to get, put every, get yeah. the ball moving. Yeah, exactly. Well, in this case, I think it's easy to get the ball moving. It, it's, it's, it's easier than it's ever been. It's hard to take that first been. step, though. It's easier than it's ever been. Right. It really is. But I know that, it, you know, there's a lot of people that are really overwhelmed. And and maybe it's a psychological totally rather than a, an actual yeah. barrier to I entry. mean, we can sit here and say how it makes sense and the dollars and yeah. they make sense and this makes sense. But perhaps you've been set up with a fund manager at a bank who's you've had mutual funds with forever. You've created a relationship and that's fine. We, we understand that. I understand that. It's hard to break that. I got a little story here. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I was talking to somebody about the 1.7% fund they had. So they talked to their banker about it and said, hey, can I get something with you know lower fees? And the banker said to them, well, to get lower fees, you'd have to uh, open an online account and do it yourself. But I thought you were, I thought in the stage of life you were in, this would be easier for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so were they in a young stage or an old stage? An old stage. Okay, right. Yeah. So we'll just siphon off your money from your large right. net worth. Right. That'll be more comfortable It'll for you. It'll be more comfortable for you. <laughs> yeah. It'll just be easier. As you get older, you don't want to have to use your brain as much. Right? You, which is yeah. completely backwards. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, time for a second beer, boys. Yeah, I'm we, getting a little thirsty. We kind of rambled on a lot. Well... We do that from time to time. All right, let's get the second beer here and uh, sum up some of the important points and uh, move on to our favorite section. Yeah. Yes. Everyone's favorite section. We are live, but I am now 
actually re-entering the show zone. Okay. <laughs> Good talk. <laughs> we need to call it the show zone. The show zone. I like that. <laughs> okay, I'm going into the show zone, boys. <laughs> now I've got Top Gun theme stuck in my head. <laughs> Zone. I'm going into the show zone. zone. Hey, you know what the best thing about this week was? I shut down the fridge in the FI garage because there's so much snow. It kept my frosted tips cold. Nice. You should clarify what those are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these frosted tips are from Parallel 49 Brewing, which I believe is over on the mainland, is it oh. not? Yes, they're in Vancouver, British Columbia. Parallel 49, like our the world's longest undefended border, is, uh, let's see here, coming at you like a lynx. This winter IPA is the pick of the litter. Its unique combination of herbal, spicy, and fruity hops is even better than catnip. <laughs> you won't get scratched by this fierce kitty as long as you enjoy one right meow. Wow, that's <laughs> quite the description. Yeah, yeah. The, the worst part is they put it sideways on this can, and I opened my can, so I'm. I struggled a bit. Well, nice next work. time, nice maybe. Work. I'm gonna get you a coaster though, because you you slam your beer down on the FI garage. Well, table I'm here. fired up. <laughs> fired. <laughs> You've been quiet all episode, so. Oh well. Sorry about that. Might have been the Fernie Brewing 7.9% alcohol that got you started. Yeah, could be. Could this be. isn't bad. No, it's this is great. pretty good. This one has way more nose than the first one, eh? Yeah, it does. I like it, though. I think I prefer this. I do prefer this one yeah. as well. Yeah. The, the other one had a little bit more... To me, it had some more bittering hops in the brew. I was expecting when I bought it, the when it said Belgian style, that it would be kind of like a white IPA. You know, there was quite yeah, a few of those recently. Yeah. And it, it wasn't. It was right. just an IPA that was a little bit bitter. Yeah. And I'm okay that. with bitterness, because that's what I want in an IPA, but I also want the nose. The nose knows. So you're more frosted tips guy. Should we wrap up this kind episode? Like We've been talking hair. for a long time. Yeah, yeah it seems Might seems well. like we probably should. Actually, yeah. I have one more question. Um, you have the TD that you use quite a bit. Correct. What's the ETF buying situation on their brokerage? Zero. You're not allowed to buy them? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, the thing with the, the TD is that all trades, ETFs are considered equities on there, so your trades are going to be nine ninety nine to purchase. Gotcha. Which is not conducive to any kind of dollar cost averaging. Yeah. No, not at all. Or just investing the money when you have it available to invest. Yeah, I, I think... I mean, that's kind of the same yeah, thing. Yeah, you'd have to purchase larger lots, which yeah, is doesn't make sense. Yeah. And you're sitting on more money. That was the primary reason why I did some research and decided on Quest Trade. Right. And ultimately, it came down to that I could purchase ETFs for free. Yeah. That yeah. was my number one choice. I think you need to do that. And Virtual Brokers does that, too. Yes, right. they do. So... Um, Again, like yeah. we said, to sum up, there's lots of options out there. Find the option that uh, is going to cost you the least amount of money. Give the give you the options for the ETFs you want to buy, which, as always in the FIRE movement, FI movement, we're going to uh, advocate for low-cost index funds. Yeah. And uh, figure out the allocation you need and, and the specific ones, and we're not going to tell you which specific ones to buy because uh, we're always here just for your entertainment not to give you any financial advice but we will link to quest rates transfer all your money <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure somebody's got an affiliate link out there a referral code somewhere we're going to share with you yeah i would think so yeah uh make sure you just use the the 
the simple one like yeah robo advisor might be a great idea for you yeah. you know i especially if you're just getting started yeah exactly and just get started we support that yes absolutely all right uh should we figure out if we made any blog posts this week i think i made a blog post i think you did yeah talked about uh choosing the best career for fi mm. you know if mm. you're if you're a young fire um person you're going to be looking at it at a making a choice about what career to take you down the path to fire so it's interesting like i read your article i know exactly where you're, you're going with it and i felt it was a lot easier for me to look at it retrospectively Right. I did not have anywhere near that level of intelligence when I was starting college or in high school to go, I'm going to choose a career that's going to get me well, fired soonest or FI soonest. I think some of that is that there's no economics taught in high school. Possibly. And this is just a cost-benefit analysis. Don't, don't even get me started on the rant of how <laughs> all children are lacking personal finance and basic tax information in high school. True story. Yeah, yeah, it's getting better though, a lot better. I, was, I yeah, I've heard they're actually starting to introduce it. Yeah, I was chatting with a teacher friend of mine the other day, and and she said things are changing. There's, it's being added into the curriculum, and that's great. Yeah, that's what we need. So, did you th- make that choice? Absolutely not. No, me neither. No, I, I no. just took a degree I thought would be easy to complete. I saw helicopters and thought they were cool. Right. Yeah, I just couldn't afford to fly one, so I just said, well, next best thing is fix one, and then I get to ride around in them. <laughs> I yeah. just heard that accountants make a lot of money. How'd that work out for you? It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds well. It sounds like you chose a, a FI type career. Well, yes. I mean, maybe not if you go down the route of working in public practice, trying to become a partner, Long working road. your ass off, yeah. that kind of thing. But there's and, definitely and there's a, kind of some low earning years at the beginning. And there's a lot right? of low earning years at the beginning when you're starting out. See, I, I mean, yeah, okay. I'd argue that. A, a trades training is the fastest path to fi. Yeah, I would agree with that. It, it would be up there for sure. It's it's the least amount of, amount of money up front right. for training. Yeah. You make money while you're training you, generally. You, quite often you do, depending on how willing you are to work abroad or, or work in unfavorable locations. Right, I, you know. You, you know, like an accountant in Victoria is going to get paid comparatively to an accountant in Ottawa. Yes. I'm going to assume right give or take but an electrician in victoria is not going to get paid as much as an electrician in northern alberta not even close right no so so you got to be willing to do that if exactly if you're going to consider that well and the other thing is that having a trade really lends to a side hustle right you can stop full-time work a lot sooner and do odd jobs on the side because everybody's looking for somebody to fix their lighting, redo some drywall. A lot of professionals have that luxury. And no, I, I do that as well myself. It is definitely an option. But Sounds like we've got a whole other show there, boys. Could be. Yeah. yeah. yeah anyhow, I thought I'd throw it out there in a post. No, it's great. It's a good yeah. post, and it's definitely something to think about. And I like the way you put it in there that you know it may not be your only career, the one you're in. Right. You may choose another career that'll that'll help accelerate your path to five. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's good thoughts. Yeah. All right. And then, uh, stupid money move. Hey, nice. You edited out my toilet flush last episode. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. didn't sound right. I'm going to put one back in, but okay. we'll get to that. What's this week's stupid money move? So I was, I don't know how I was watching TV because I don't own any TV. 
You went into um, the wrong apartment, didn't you? It could Again. be. Yeah, I, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, <laughs> I was watching TV, and uh, I saw this uh, Credit Karma Canada commercial uh, where a guy's got this app on his phone, and he's checking his credit score. And he keeps swiping. I guess he's doing stuff to increase his credit score. But every time he increases his credit score, he buys a new car. <laughs> every time his credit score goes up, he gets a nicer and nicer vehicle. Yeah. So, so bring on more and more debt. <sighs> wow. So I guess the stupid money move here is working hard to increase your credit score, which is a positive financial step, and then blowing it all by getting a car loan. Yeah. Now, you sent me that commercial. Yeah. I thought it was a spoof when I first saw it. I literally thought it was a spoof. Yeah. I had to watch it again. I had to show it to my wife because we were both just like, is that for real? And I didn't quite get whether he was getting the new car and his credit score was going up or his credit score was going up because he got the new car. You're like, saying sh- not all cor- or not all correlations or causations? Well, the impression the, the impression I got was he he looked at his app and his credit score was four hundred something or whatever it yeah. was, and then the camera pans up and he's he's got a fantastic used car, right. yeah. a smart used car, a smart used yeah. car, and he goes, "I've got a used car and my credit's really bad." The message I got from that was, "If I go buy another car, my credit score will go up." Right. I don't think that was the message. No, the message was, "My credit score will go up." And I can get more stuff. And I can get a nicer car. Yeah. Neither one of them is a good message. No, Neither one is a good message. Absolutely not. Terrible message. I've never checked my credit score. I don't know what my credit score is. I, I know what mine is. I feel it's one of those things that if you have if you have a bunch of debt or and you and you need to work at your credit score up again, that's totally fair. And I think it is an important thing to know. Right. But responsible use of credit builds your credit score. Yeah. You... Not financing a fancier car. Absolutely. Well, also, just because you have more credit doesn't mean you should go use it on <laughs> depreciating assets. That's the stupid money move. That's, That's the stupid the, money okay, move. Okay, good. Now there yeah. is a stupid money move yeah. here. Yeah. I've got awesome credit. I should go buy that ridiculous car. I'll go buy a $100,000 BMW and watch it depreciate yeah. into the ground. Yeah. That is okay. I get that. That's That's pretty good. We kind of had a little switch up in the order of the show there, and I kind of feel like, Stupid money moves over, and now the show's over, and it's a big letdown. Is it a big it letdown? Was, I don't know if it was a good change. All right. Well, let's try it again next week. We'll see how it goes. We'll, well see how it goes. We're, we're getting close to one hour. I mean, most people have fallen asleep at about the 35-minute mark. So. There's two hours of laughing to don't, get out. Don't, for, <laughs> don't forget, we, we've still got a good 16 episodes till we get this right. Yeah, and if we hit two hours, there's going to be a third beer. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> There's going to be an overtime beer. Overtime beer. 59, we should have an overtime like, episode. Overtime beers, boys. Bam. Buzzer goes off. Yeah, that's going to be a weekend edition. That We should do a weekend edition. Yeah, until we're actually fire, we can't do this late night stuff on weeknights. No, because we got to go to work tomorrow. That's oh, silly. Some of us do. Oh, jerk. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, till next time. Yeah, we'll be here in the FI Garage shoveling snow for at least one more day. There you go. <laughs> have a good night.